Were you a choir boy? Like, you kind of Bro, what's happening? What's happening? I was I was saying the Our Father in Latin, dude, and I'm holding the crucifix to the camera and saying the Our Father in Latin. Tyler's freaking the fuck out over there. What's happening to, to me? Get those demons out from that solo pod, dude. We've got to exercise daily. Um, you must podcast Yeah, alone. I was a choir boy. Dude. No, I can't podcast alone. I was a choir boy. You were? <laughs> what? I, uh... Oh, Sorry. oh. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no I, uh, I actually was a visual gag on podcast. Um, dude, so it's been what two weeks? We need to update, bro. We need to update. We haven't even podcasted since you came to Atlanta. It's been that long. Yeah, to be okay. To be fair, dude, it was a tumultuous time. Tumultuous two weeks. Not to get into too many details, but I went up the mountain, down the valley, and back on top of the mountain. Yeah, that's true. It's been quite a journey since you since you last spoke on the on the radio waves. All glory to God. I'm telling you right now, bro. That is the best. He's the best. He's the best, dude. He's the fucking best. And he does everything. We don't do anything. No, we we don't do shit. You don't. You don't even have to. We serve, and he provides. If you just like serve and uh, and and believe Mm -hmm. that he's gonna take care of you, he does. It's fucking nuts, Mm -hmm. dude. I went Preach. to church once between the span. I was going to go to church last weekend too, but I was, I, I did go to church. Actually, I went to church with my family and then not in Atlanta, but the next weekend I went to church with my girlfriend. So I've been back in church too. Wait, so all that stuff happened and you didn't even go to church once? No, I went to church. I didn't How many go to times? church last weekend is all I was saying. I went to church with my family and then I went to Atlanta the next weekend and then I went to church the next weekend. I didn't go to church this weekend, but I'm going to go to church this weekend and so then i'll definitely the go to start, church so hold on so let's, let's i'll be going to church the rest on. of from this here is on a out. science this is a scientific study so you lost your job right mm-hmm. or like you know you're getting fired probably more than up likely, until yes. you get this new job offer how many times how many weeks was that and how many times did you go to church two weeks went to church once prayed every single day all fucking day pretty much any single time i was like getting distracted i was praying so going to church 50% of the time seems good enough. Imagine what job you could have had if you imagine, went to church. Exactly, imagine what would happen if I started at church all the time. Elon Musk would have just shown up to your house and been like, we need you yeah. to get space. I'd sit at a pew in this phone that was like, I'd find a phone ring buzzing underneath the cushion. I'd pick it up. It would be the Pope. He'd be like, mm-hmm. I need you to spend this trillion dollars so that I can write it off as a tax write-off to the global bank. Like, this is now your job, is to go to church and use my money. And I'd say, you know what, you, you know what would Francisco. piss me off? You know what would piss me what? off? If um, you go to space, right? You know how you can do the tourism space trips? Yeah. And you have sex in zero okay. gravity. That would yeah. piss me off. It's like, bro, enjoy space. <laughs> Why would so that piss you off? I'm trying to get your dicks wet, bro. Enjoy it's going to be one of the first things people do in space. So many people are like curious it's about just already, that It's one. probably already happened. Astronauts it's definitely happened. There, you know, 
Ooh, imagine couple of them shooting had to ask, a, right? Imagine shooting a load across the. It was probably space like a, it's probably a classified. It's probably a classified. <laughs> it's just fucking <laughs> like thirty a yards, floating bubble of fucking semen, <laughs> just all the way down. People I'm sorry, Dave. I can't. Did you just come in my eye? <laughs> I don't know why people think it would be any different, other than you could probably hit some crazy positions, dude. Yeah, you could do. There's they, no they burden would, on the body. Dude. You could do. Physics, yeah. You could do anything. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of awesome. It'd be kind of sick. I wonder what it feels like because also it feels the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sex, bro. But even no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying what it feels like in zero gravity. <laughs> the same, dude. Just your body. No, your body, not sex. Oh, your body, dude. Because even you your blood, you don't cells, feel. Even your blood cells are like, you're like a bag of liquid with just some bones. Kind of. Well, you know, your heart is pumping your blood through your body. So it's not like that stops. Yeah. Isn't it also crazy that like your, your body's designed to like have gravity? Like if you're upside down for too yeah, long, dude. you'll pass out. But if you're right yeah, side that's, up, you're and completely that, fine. Probably that- yeah, that probably fucks with your blood because, like, your heart's beating hard enough to push your blood down to your feet and then back up. So, like, when yeah. you're in zero gravity, it doesn't have to worry about doing that anymore, I guess, because there's no gravity. True. Do you live longer because of that, Jamie? Well, you get taller. You know, you're about, what if, what if you, we, go to, we go to space, we explore planets, right? Yeah. And we finally contact aliens. And we're like, oh my God, you know, this is incredible. You know, what do you guys believe in? Like, are you spiritual? And they're like, actually, dude, Jesus is the answer. <laughs> they're like, you guys are the only ones who got it. <laughs> he came to y'all. You are the chosen ones. Hold on, let me ask ChatGPT. Does the heart work less in zero gravity? And thus, Sam, do you live longer? Are we going to go back to my bit? Because that was pretty funny sorry oh this is too this is too long of an answer what is what do they say uh, i think in a microgravity environment such as zero gravity experience in space the cardiovascular system undergoes some changes due to the absence of gravitational forces that we experience on earth while it's true your muscles may probably get weaker. differently in space it's not accurate to say that living in zero gravity necessarily leads to a longer life i think it would be a shorter life uh, regarding the heart, studies have shown that the heart can become more spherical and slightly larger in microgravity. Uh, initially, astronauts may experience a decrease in overall blood volume and a redistribution of fluids, which can lead to a great te- decrease in cardiac output. However, the uh, body can adapt to these changes over time. That's a that's a crazy. Yeah, our bodies are crazy. They can just adapt. They're like, oh, shit, that gravity thing we've been dealing with forever. You don't even have to think about it. It's just like, ah, we'll fix it. Don't worry. That's we like evidence it. that we're, bro, we're supposed to go to space. Come on now. We're meant to be space. For bodies dude, how does are- a baby, dude, imagine how fucked up a baby would be forming in space, though. <laughs> <laughs> it would turn, it would be a rolling. It just poly. comes out, it comes out completely <laughs> circular. <laughs> Be like balloony from no Phineas and Ferb. No neck at all. Just. <laughs> or it'd be like Ditto from. Uh, it would just be like a <laughs> giant embryo. Ditto from Pokemon. Dude, going to going to space is so sick, dude. No wonder oh, we don't know dude. anything about the bottom of the ocean. What's interesting about that? 
Yeah, using your unborn zero gravity baby as some schmear for your bagel. (laughs) (laughs) It's a delicacy in space. Jesus. (laughs) Delicacy, unborn child. Yeah. Fetus, uh, would you like your your lox bagel with fetus cheese? (laughs) Fetus cheese. (laughs) Yeah, dude. And capers. (laughs) <laughs> Did your wife suffer from diabetes? <laughs> Dude, I you know what movie I haven't seen in a long time? Uh, what? This has nothing to do with space. Django, but I've had the line I like the way you die, boy, stuck in my head for months and I haven't watched Django in probably a year and a half. Django's pretty good, but it's not it's I really I don't I don't love it to be honest. What's with the you. best? What's the best? Tarantino. Thing? Mm-hmm. You're gonna say Hateful Eight. <laughs> no, I hate Hateful Eight. Hateful okay, Eight dude. is more like shit. I just thought we were gonna disagree. Eight. I actually really like Reservoir Dogs, but I don't think it would be the best. I mean, honestly, though, for like Ooh. the reason I would lean towards that being like in top three is because of how low budget it is and how well done that story is for like what it is as like what is it nine actors in one set. Just one room the entire time, and the story they're able to tell is so fucking good. Yeah, I do love that, but I honestly don't like the... I do love Reservoir Dogs, and I think it is top three. But I think the part where uh, Daddy gets involved, all the scenes with Daddy and all that shit when they leave the uh, factory or the, the fucking warehouse... I wasn't a fan of that part where they there's like a long scene in the office where they're like talking about. I know it's, you know, for background and origin story or whatever, but I don't know. I think it killed the pace for me. But definitely top three. It's so hard to take his films without any context, too, because there's so many things that make his films so great that like are kind of lost to time. Like, for example, like Pulp Fiction. One of the reasons that is so fucking sick is because that would that was like um What's his name's first role after he kind of fell from grace? John Travolta, yeah. John Travolta. And then there's literally a scene where they're like, oh, John Travolta is like in a serious drama role in an action movie. And then they like this guy who like was known Mm -hmm. for being this hot stud dancer. They make him fucking dance, bro. That would have been like, that would have been cinema wet dream, dude. Originally, it was supposed to be Michael Madsen, who is the guy who tortures the cop in Reservoir Dogs, was supposed to be... John Travolta's guy in Pulp Fiction. And Michael Madsen, not not, not that great of an actor. I he's, wouldn't have liked uh, him as that. Travolta fucking killed that role. Yeah, he's so cool in it. He's, he's so, cool. so cool. Everyone's cool in that movie. There's a movie called... Who's uh, Zed? Zed's dead, baby. There's a movie called Blowout by Brian, Brian De Palma, who did Scarface, who has a very young John Travolta, uh, who plays... Uh, a sound guy and he and so he's like just doing room tone outside like trying to get crickets and shit and he accidentally records like a political uh assassination with his audio and so he becomes the center of like i think they try to end up killing him because he has the evidence and uh he's really really good in that but then yeah he fell off for like a decade after that and Quentin Tarantino was like, well, if you don't think John Travolta can do this role, just watch Blowout because he's so cool in that movie. So if you guys like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, check out John Travolta in Blowout. It's very good. Pretty sick recommendation. I might have to watch that. 
it's pretty nice. Yeah. And Someone, when I posted so you, you know it's good. It's a good movie. It's, speaking of good movies, when I posted you, uh, my coffee shop shouted out your City of God poster. Yeah, it's the movie we watched. Uh, after I remember the pool. It. it's it such a good movie. Sweet movie. Another uh, Brazil movie by the guy who did Two Popes. Two broke popes. I did not know he did two popes. <laughs> I didn't know that was the same guy. Fernando, whatever. For Fernando Marseille or something like that. I think that's right. But yeah. It's kind of it's kind of loosely like Goodfellas-esque, but not really. I wouldn't say it is. Goodfellas is fun. That movie was not that fun. City of God wasn't fun? It was kind of fun. It was really dark, wasn't it? I can't remember nope. if that was fun. It- it was pretty dark, but I think it was... The, like, coming-of-age part was kind of fun, and then it got dark. Yeah, it does get pretty dark. But, yeah, great movie. Uh, oh, yeah, Best Tarantino. So, I was in... Sorry. Yeah. Before we move on, just so that the audience doesn't... Yeah, let's let's finish this. They don't get yeah. mad. We never Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably my favorite, and I think that's the best. I did see that one in theaters, like, three different times, and it's, like, the longest... It's so Actually, good. hatefully, it is so fucking long. But I did recently also go back to Inglorious Bastards, and I was like, "This might also be one of the best." Would but you th- consider true? Would you consider true romance a true Tarantino? Would you that? Would you include that in his works? Because if, if no, no, you do, it's not directed okay, by him. That's, yeah, it's written by him, right? Yeah, I mean Tarantino. I would. I wouldn't count it because he's so particular about it that to where like the actors. Jonah Hill has said uh, after working with Tarantino on Inglorious Bastards, like he would never. He's glad that he Jonah worked with Hill Tarantino. Worked with them? Yeah, yeah uh, he, he he was wasn't like, in Bastards. He was a cameo in uh, Django. He was like the KKK guy. Oh yeah, that's right. It was very brief, but he said that he wouldn't do it again because you don't get to really like uh play around too much as an actor and every like you can't change any lines and he wants it done exactly how he tells you. So you're basically just a vessel for his vision. And so that's kind of why he's the goat. Because like that's pretty goaded though. What is what's in his movie is exactly how he wanted it. And no one really else. I think he is he is the perfection of American cinema. Like that Mm -hmm. he has perfected it as an art. Like I think if you were like to describe what it means for a movie to be American or like good American entertainment, a Tarantino movie is perfect. Extreme yeah. violence, good story, good action. And a lot romance. of a, a lot of the reason why his And uh, the background's always Americana. The background of the story always has to do with America, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always does. A lot of the big reason why his movies are so cool is because his uh his mom, he lived with his mom as a kid, and he, uh, his mom started dating black guys. <laughs> and so... Oh, fuck yeah. So he knew what so was cool. He started, but his, uh, his mom's boyfriend started taking him to the that's black a weird movies. Way to call, that's a really weird way to call Tarantino's mom fat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was. I think it was just... Uh, I don't know. She was groovy. I, she was just into that. And so Nothing they wrong with started, um, I think maybe we already talked about this on the podcast actually, but so he, his boyfriend or her boyfriend, her boyfriend started taking Quentin as a kid to black exploitation movies. 
and black exploitation movies were basically exploiting black culture in film just so that they would come to the theater, basically like exploiting black people by making a movie. Yeah, like a, Black an Dynamite. Awesome movie. Yeah, Black yeah. Dynamite. Sick and, ass movie. Uh, oh, what was the what's the other one? Dolomite? The whole character? Mm-hmm. All Have you seen like that movie, The Making of Dolomite? Mm-hmm. I think or, it's like, funny. I think we already talked about this, but I think it's funny that they were like, let's try to make money off of black people to get them to come into the movie theaters. And they're like, okay, what what are, what are black people like? Violence, boobs, it's got to be an boobs. excessive amount of tits. It's going to be a whole lot of tits, dude. <laughs> and there's so got to be sick movies, music ridiculous. and sick and just the coolest characters ever. The coolest guys like, ever, dude. Wait, we're actually just making like cool movies. <laughs> we're just making sick shit. <laughs> Go watch, dude. I'm seriously, if you haven't watched like any kind of like black exploitation movie, they're so sick, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so awesome. Just the coolest motherfuckers, dude. There's one with Pam Greer that I can't remember. But then there's one with Pam Greer that has like 50. What's it, what's it called? Black something. But there's one with Pam Greer who like. Uh, it's actually a pretty good plot. Like some, she like her dad or something like died from drug overdose, like heroin or something. And so she makes it her mission, her life's mission to like kill drug dealers of heroin. But then that like, that makes her become a prostitute because then the, um, the guy who like ships out all the heroin and I think is the one who gave the drug to like kill her dad, uh, he is also a pimp. So, so then, she's got to get in with him. So she's got to go so be then, a prostitute. Yeah, basically. And then the cops are involved. But there's like a there's like a scene where there's like just 10 girls fighting. They all just rip off each other's clothes. So it's just then they're just naked. There's an excessive Fuck amount yeah. of nudity in it. And it was like the 70s. Yeah, they're ridiculous, bro. Yeah, those movies are so funny. But they're the movies, tits, yeah, dude. they're awesome. Tits and violence, bro. Yeah, Who literally couldn't. just tits and violence. And now that you say that, I totally see the parallel between mm-hmm. Tarantino. Dude, Tarantino is like an Elvis, bro. He just ripped off black culture and brought it to the <laughs> white is? people. And we're like, well, and then, no, and then, we and then it took really. us this long to mention the blacks. And we were like, dude, we were like, yeah, dude, Quentin Tarantino, quintessential American film writer. And it's like, no, he just ripped off all those ideas from black people. I think, yeah, I think he did. Well, because they were so, they were also just low budget, right? So then he he also ripped off using the N word so much from them, except he does use the hard R on purpose a lot. Yeah, he does. Which is, I don't think he ripped no them comment. off because there's not really any nudity that I can remember from Tarantino's movies. Actually, if you think about it, there, I don't think there's any nudity. Yeah, there's nothing that really like sticks out to me. I don't think there's really any. There is excessive violence. There's excessive violence. There's like, sexual themes. Okay, there's also war movies. Like, there's horror movies. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think he does... He was inspired, we'll say, not ripped off. I think the only Tarantino movie I haven't seen is Jackie Brown. It's good. It's good. But it's not, you know... People who say, people who say that's his best movie are just... They just want to be contrarian and be like, actually... You know, it's like people I who say... I haven't heard book, anyone say that, though. I had a teacher in high school who said Jackie Brown's my favorite Quentin Tarantino. I was like, that's because you're fucking gay and you think you know film better than other people. And he's like, it's a perfect movie. The pacing. I was like, shut the fuck up. Dude, but, the pacing. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't say anything about it. 
Yeah. I like I like Inglorious Bastards a lot. And Django. But I would say top three. Inglorious Bastards like is so good too. Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards. That'd be my or no 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 no. I got that all wrong. I would say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Pulp Fiction, then Reservoir Dogs, then So we agree. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm totally okay with putting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood up front. I think Once it's Upon such a Time good in Hollywood homage. is just the, it feels so real compared to other yeah. Tarantino movies. Other Tarantino movies seemed like a big spectacle, and some of the acting was like very cinematic. But no, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, for me, it's so, so much more nuanced. The story, the characters, yeah. but then like, and then that payoff at the end of like rewriting the fucking Manson murders is makes it so much better. Because the pacing is so much like slower and everything's so real, and then you get to that point, it's just so outrageous and so fucking cool. That's like such a good payoff. And unpopular opinion, I think Boogie Nights is better than anything Tarantino's ever done. Personally, I kind of would agree. Boogie Nights is Boogie fucking Nights fire. is insane. <laughs> it's Boogie Nights good. is so sick. You want to know what's crazy too? Is Paul Thomas Anderson when he made that he was twenty six. What? Yeah. He How wrote did a twenty six year old come across that kind of like budget and film running, like everything else? Like, how do you get into that world so young? So I mean like we could get into it. It might not be entertaining, but I do actually know a little bit why. Yeah, I want to hear it. So he made uh, a movie called Hard Eight on a low budget, and he was able to do that because he made a short film called um Cigarettes and Coffee with John C. Riley, uh, the guy from Step Brothers, obviously. Yeah. And Great actor. What's the guy's name? Philip Baker Hall. Um, and they basically did a short film that eventually he showed to people. Um, and he got did funding he do for Hard New York, too? No, that's Martin Scorsese, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like a Paul Thomas Anderson a little bit. I haven't seen it, honestly. I should see What? It. No, I haven't seen Dude, it. Dude, it's so good. Yeah? Yeah. But so uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, in a way, also, is a, he had a little bit of, he has a little Nepo baby in his blood. Just a little bit. But not, not massive. But enough to where he could get his foot in the door. So he basically did actually end up going to NYU for about a year. And then he ended up leaving because, this is a funny little funny story is that the teacher said like on the first day or so he was like if you if you've come here to make terminator 2 then this school is not for you and basically they were just like we're here to make art motherfuckers yeah and then pta was like well i'm here to make art but terminator 2 is a pretty awesome movie so i don't know what you're talking about it's pretty sick how terminator (laughs) 2 not art just because it's a fucking action movie doesn't mean it's not fucking good yeah. So he actually ended up leaving. And uh, another cool tidbit, sorry that we're on this, but Paul Thomas Anderson Terminator was actually... Terminator 2 is the best Terminator by so far. So Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah, it is. But Paul Thomas Anderson was actually taught in high school by David Foster Wallace. In I don't English. know who the fuck that is. David Foster Wallace? Sounds One of the familiar. greatest fiction writers of all time? All right, never mind. What do you write? I'll send you some stuff. Uh, he wrote Infinite Jest... And he wrote... Uh, are, are any of these books as good as the Harry Potter series? Infinite Jest is a lot of people's favorite Man, fiction on, books honestly, of all time. Honestly, be honest. 
<laughs> I haven't read are they better? Than, are they better? Are they better than the Chronicles of Narnia? I actually haven't read. I only have one of his books, but it's actually a speech that's written into a book. The other, the other books I haven't read. I just watch a lot of YouTube videos because he was a very interesting guy. And there's a movie. This, my autism is coming out on this. <laughs> I know too yeah, many I've movie facts. I definitely peaked your tism. <laughs> so there, just if you guys are interested, the David here, Foster folks. Wallace. There's a movie about David Foster Wallace. See, this is what um, you should have done in your solo episode is just go on a rant about your movie knowledge. All right, sorry. So there's a movie uh, called uh, The End of the Tour with Jason Segel, who you might remember from Muppets. Um, yes. He plays David Foster Wallace with Jesse Eisenberg, and that movie is about his final days um, alive. He actually kills himself because he was addicted to heroin. And so Jesse Eisenberg plays the Rolling Stone journalist who comes to david foster wallace's house at the end of his book tour for infinite jest which is one of the best one of the best fiction books of all time um and it's basically just like about that time that he had with them and then that reporter wrote that blog article about uh or just article about david foster wallace and they made it into a movie and uh something interesting actually is that um that they know that they note in the movie is that at the end one of the last things that you see in the movie is St. Ignatius, Ignatius's prayer for generosity on David Foster Wallace's um, refrigerator. And I don't know why they put that in there, but I think that really happened. And he wasn't really uh, outwardly Christian or Catholic or, you know, guy like that. Do you remember St. Ignatius's prayer for generosity off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, no. You Maybe I know it. So the, so the only reason I might know it off the top of my head is because Jesuit high school, which is where I went to high school, St. Ignatius founded the Jesuits. Yep. So I know it's, I Lord, teach me generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve. Teach me to – I don't remember. That was impressive that I got the second line, though. Let me look up the prayer for generosity so I'm that we can – so that we can say it together and then our our uh, listeners can be blessed. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve. To give and not to count the cost. To fight and not to heed the wounds. To toil and not to seek for rest. To labor and not to ask for reward. Accept that of knowing that I will do your will. Amen. It's a good prayer. It's a good prayer. Yeah, so that's in the movie. Um, where was I going with this? If I were oh, yes, to stick Paul Thomas parent. Anderson was taught by David Foster Wallace, and so then his dad, Paul Thomas Anderson's dad, actually worked for, I believe, it was NBC Comcast, and he was basically the guy who would just say, like, in between, they used to have like, uh, since there was no TV guide, you didn't know what was coming up next, so he was like the announcer to say what was coming up next. Up next. Yeah. Or he was like the guy on some talk shows who would just introduce stuff. But he was like the voice of NBC for a while. So he did sort of have connections in that way. So he was able to get, I think, $80,000 or something for Hard Eight. I know it's a really low budget. It might be 180000 or 280000 That's still a super low budget. John C. Riley, Philip Baker Hall, Samuel L. Jackson... And 
I think those are the only big names that you would recognize. Um, pretty good movie, very low budget. But then, so then he makes a short film called The Dirk Diggler Story, um, which was a mockumentary, uh, which he was inspired by. This is Spinal Tap, another mockumentary movie. So he was like, I want to do something Spinal like Tap. that. Yeah. So then he made Dirk Diggler uh, mockumentary. And then he ended up making that into a movie and he was somehow to, I mean, it was still low budget for like the scope of I was like, why does Dirk Diggler sound familiar? Now I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. It's Mark Wahlberg. So it Wahlberg's, started off as a, uh, as a, as a short film, uh, like a mockumentary about Mark Wahlberg's yep, porn Yep. Which you can name. find on YouTube, actually. The Dirk really? Diggler Does story. It, is, is Mark Wahlberg still playing Dirk Diggler in that? Or no, it's, di- it's a different actor. It's a different actor. Who's not even in the actual movie. But how Boogie Nights got made, I don't know. I don't know much of that information. I know that he got Burt Reynolds because Burt Reynolds was on the downturn of his uh, career. And that he was very hard to work with and was kind of a cranky pants on set because he had to share a trailer and he wasn't a movie star anymore. But got nominated for an Oscar for Boogie Nights. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, that was probably like a big comeback for him. And we're now about halfway through the podcast, and I think it's just been me talking movies. But <laughs> no, dude, that's good. It's good stuff. It's good talk, dude. Um, that reminds me, dude. I'm surprised I never played Manor Muppet when we were on that mountain. <laughs> Classic tripping song. Dude. We haven't even gotten to what we did this entire fucking Am past two I weeks. A man. All right, my bad, Brady. Oh, am I go. a Muppet? Go, Brady. Tell us about what happened to all past two weeks to you. What happened? So I, I had a conversation with my dad. That's where this all started. And what's the date for reference? Today? It was the 13th? No, no, no. The it's the 14th. But what's the date you, that you talked to your dad? I can't remember off the top of my head when I talked to my dad. Two weeks ago? It had to have been two or three weeks ago. Okay. Probably the end of October before Halloween. Okay. Um, because Halloween weekend was when I was with y'all. So yeah, probably maybe a week before or the beginning of the week. So when when was I up there in Atlanta? You were the twenty eighth and 29th. Week, a weekend ago, I thought. So maybe the so maybe the twenty third or twenty fourth of October. Mm-hmm. Had a conversation with my father where I realized I was very stressed about work and about everything. It's before I even knew about me potentially losing my job. I've been burnt out. I dislike this job strongly. Mm-hmm. People at work don't really like me anymore and things just are getting out of hand. And it's time for me to look for a new job, you know? And so I was getting stressed because everyone just told me to pray on it, pray on it, pray on it. And I was like, yeah, that's great and all, but God's not going to write these, you know, resumes for me. He's not going to fill out these job applications for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to do my part, you know? And my dad's like, no, you don't. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what is your part? And I was like, I got to, you know, work really hard or else I don't deserve anything, you know? And he's like, that's not true. He's like, that's a misuse. Like, that's a, he's like, that's, that's a, a false humility. And I was like, what do you mean? Cause yeah, here I am thinking that, you know, false humility is pride and being like egotistical and everything else. He's like, you're trying to take too much control over things that are out of your control. He's like, if you truly trusted that you deserved anything just because like you are created, you know, that you are, you know, God's child, you trust that God would take care of you. 
you'd be fine. But because you keep trying to take control back from God, that's blasphemous. That's pride. That's not humility. So by like thinking that, you know, he won't take care of me because I'm not doing my part, you know, that I have this agreement with God and all, all this is not, it's not very, it's not true. The agreement is all I have, I have faith and God takes care of the rest. That's the agreement, you know? And so Seek I kind of broke the kingdom down. of heaven and these things will be added unto you. Yeah. See, I kind of, I kind of broke down because I was taking so much of the weight on my shoulders that I didn't have to. And when I heard that, I just like broke down because it all got lifted and, uh, and then you definitely slept in your car before work. You're like, God's yeah, got sure. me. God's got me. <laughs> for sure. I probably did, bro. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, dude, no, for real. Cause it was like, um, I don't know, just kind of like an epiphany of like all this stuff where I, I felt, you know, when I was all down on myself a few weeks ago, we're queered on the pod, all this stuff I felt really like insecure about. And I was, you know, uh, I was really doubtful about and really fearful of and all my failures and stuff come back to haunt me and keeping me down all this anxiety and depression because I was just dwelling and all these things that I had no control over, but I was trying to have control over. So when I realized that like, no, I do deserve, I do deserve to be happy. I do deserve love. I do deserve everything just because I exist. Nothing else, you know, is preventing that other than my faith that it'll come to me. So Right after that, I, the next day, I think I went and played pickleball with my girlfriend. And while I was playing pickleball, we, Carter, our friend, had bought the wrong tickets for the weekend I was going to come visit, which I wasn't going to be able to visit that weekend anyway because of PTO and other things. It visit worked Atlanta, out by the way. For Yes, visit Atlanta. So it kind of worked out because I didn't realize that, you know, I had like a three-day weekend coming up because my work schedule was changing. Carter bought the wrong tickets. So bang, here we are. All this epiphany one week. The next weekend, I'm going up to visit my best friends and, uh, you know, take some mushrooms, climb a mountain, go to apple orchards, just have the fucking time of my life. So, like, completely, like, fulfilling, you know, re-fulfilling, you know, soul, like, a big boost in my confidence right before, you know, I got torn down. Because right when I got back, I go to work and I get a call from my boss and he's telling me, like, they don't like you. Uh, your store actually doesn't want you back in there Nobody likes all. you. You've made a lot of enemies. He's like, I like you. He's like, you get your job done. But you've made a lot of enemies and people don't want you around anymore. And I was like, oh, cool. But I was, like, feeling good and confident because I was like, you know, like, everything for a reason. I was kind of caught off guard. We were both caught off guard. And it was actually, like, not uncomfortable or anything. I didn't feel like I was being, you know, chewed out. It was just kind of like an unfortunate thing. But kind of lit a fire under my ass. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what gets done. So I log on to LinkedIn and I've got somebody reaching out to me about a job. And then, you know, over those weekends, those weekends after and some of the weekends before, I'd already met one of my brother's friends who has his own company. And he was talking to me about working for him. And so then within two weeks of me finding out, I'm probably getting fired. I had interviews with both those companies coming up, which just occurred on Monday. So I had one interview in the morning and one in the afternoon. And by the end of the day, I had two job offers. So thank you. You said it's out of my hands. It's out of my hands. And And then all that shit that I was like, oh, that I wasn't doing, that I was like beating myself down for not doing, like putting out enough applications and everything else. Didn't matter. The jobs came to me. The moment I gave up control and I asked God to help out, they came to me like, boom, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't manifest anymore. We just pray on it. Yeah, dude. Manifesting is blasphemous, dude. It's witchcraft. 
Yeah, dude, it's it's taking the element of God out. It's not giving credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. As it works, but like give credit to the man who made it all, bro. Yeah. We're so, all yeah, pretty our, cool. We're all on our own uh time time uh, frame, I guess. I guess yeah, it weirdly somehow was God's will for me to go to Atlanta, trip mushrooms, climb a mountain and look at a bunch of old lady titties. <laughs> Yo, what? <laughs> you got to give context. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I went to the Claremont Lounge. Claremont Lounge is this cool place in Atlanta that it sounds like it's not cool because it's this concept sounds not cool, but it is cool. Trust me. It's a uh, it's this old like strip club underneath a hotel. But the, the catch is all the strippers have to be like 60 or older, 65 or older. So it's a bunch of elderly ladies stripping, but a bunch of like young, hip, cool people just like drinking and hanging out while old ladies shake their titties on a stage. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it sounds so weird, but like it sounds it's, sci-fi. It's such it's like awesome. it does sci-fi. It's so like it's such like a it feels like such like a liberal place. Just like yeah, like we do what we want. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> you know, we support so whack, them. but it was so fucking cool, dude. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I was like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. This probably makes these women feel beautiful. Yeah, how much did you give them? Fifty dollars. Probably, probably a good. Probably, I I pulled out like a good eighty dollars there at least. I don't know Damn. if I spent it all. I I bought drinks though and stuff too, so I don't know how much. Carter how and I were like crumbling. I don't remember Carter and I were like they would like put buckets between their ass cheeks and you'd like crumple up your dollar and try to toss it in. And I'd be like, oh, oh. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and then in between, dude, in between, they had like the they had like a younger girl come out, dude. They had some like 20-year-old girl or something come out and dance, and everyone was just kind of like, ah, <laughs> bring the old lady no. back. <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. This is sad. <laughs> <laughs> she shouldn't be up there. Nah, I'd rather look at somebody's grandma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was maybe one of the best weekends ever. Yeah, dude, the apple orchard, the mountain, dude. The mountain had some moments, dude, for me personally. Like what? One specifically that stuck with me was like, I was like, uh, when we made it to the top and I was like lying in the grass. I was Mm -hmm. thinking like how like cool and heroic it would be to like die on the top of a mountain. Yeah, it would. And I like, I like said that and Carter's like, man, why are you so concerned about death? And I don't think, like, he said it in passing, but, like, to me, it, like, stuck because I was tripping. I was like, why am I concerned about death right now? I was like, never in my life have I ever really cared about dying. Never feared it. So why am I so concerned about how I'm going to die? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I really fear it. No, I don't fear it at all. I think what would stink, though, is, like... I was thinking about this today. I was like, so what if someone nukes the atmosphere and all electricity like goes down? Do you fear being alive in a in a horrible existence, in an uncomfortable existence? But I'm but, but but so I'm like, if people get violent, like are you justified to kill them in self-defense? I don't know. Like how can you justify that? Self-defense, you can justify self-defense. But here's the thing, bro. There's okay, no humans, such thing as self-defense and humans in God's are so adaptable. Humans are yes, there is. There definitely is. You can kill people in self defense and God's like there, be to pass. Yeah, dude. It's literally like biblical, bro. Like what about David and Goliath? David had every right to kill Goliath. He's coming to kill him, bro. 
If you're saving your life for the lives of others, yeah. There's just I guess, wars. I guess. There's wars that you're allowed to fight. Yeah, I guess. There are people there are people with truly evil intentions that you are allowed to quickly, you know, <laughs> take away from this earth. They've made their choice. Yeah. I was thinking though, I was like, bro, if someone nukes the atmosphere, like and electricity goes down. When is that ever? Well, EMP. You gotta wait for moment. first of all, you gotta wait for everyone to die off who's supposed to die off. And then you gotta also wait for like society to restabilize. And then you gotta wait for the smart motherfuckers who somehow survive to actually start working on something new. Like it would take forever to get back on track. It wouldn't happen in it wouldn't happen in your lifetime. But here's the thing, dude. I think people are so bleak about humanity. Like in situations like that because like that could happen yes but humans are so adaptable and i think most of us like want to get along that i would argue that like the people i mean look i I did think from seeing what happened with covid like the line that we this the line that we call society that we live on is so thin and so fucking like fragile but i think like you know if we could band together you know like and agree on shit locally we just jump back a few centuries. We just go Victorian for a little while and be like, okay, well, we'll just trade and barter and like we'll help the people out that we can. Like if you're in a good, you know, if you're in a good little town, you'll be oh fine. Oh my God, dude. If you could trade, that would reset the entire socioeconomic hierarchy. Exactly. Farms bro. would be kings and billionaires yeah. would have just like gold stuff. It's like, we don't, we have, there's no use for this. There's no use for this. Yeah. It's just going to take up space. Yeah. Give me resources. I need resources now. I don't need gold. I need resources. Require resources. Just <laughs> be walking around like a fucking robot. I require resources. Dude, we'd pick That'd up trades and stuff. every day. It's just like you'd, you would travel. Resources. You'd go get a. You'd go get a horse and you'd come visit me. It would take months to travel. You'd be camping. You'd show up and I'd be slaving away over some furnace because I'd be a blacksmith, obviously. Uh, <laughs> making armor and swords, and uh, I, would, should I would watch, drop uh, my I would drop my I would drop my uh, my gauntlet, and I would grab you by the forearm, <laughs> brother. <laughs> How was your journey? That would be so dude. Sick. Everyone, dude, everything will become fucking dude. If things went medieval, it's gonna be kind of sick, dude. Everything would, would be, be like Lord of the Rings, except we didn't learn anything useful. We didn't learn any trades. <laughs> what would you loot first? What do you think would be, be be most valuable? What would you loot first? Like the first thing I'm getting, like because like guns. It's so, dangerous though, because then you're going to a place with guns where most likely people got there first, and they're now they're defending it. I'm kind of just hoping my like my local population hasn't. I think like w- the place where I am, like where I'm at, is kind of the perfect place for things to go wrong because people are like everyone's armed. Most people are, like, civil, you know, kind of older. But, like, this is already, like, a small town. So it's very mm-hmm. close to, like, we also have, like, public headquarters here. So, like, we have produce. We have all the farms all around us. Dude, we've got cattle. We've got citrus. We've got, like, all different kinds of farms all around us. People would need extra help because their machines wouldn't work. So I'd work. I'd tend someone's field. I'd become, like, a ranch hand, dude. I'd probably take care of some horses, learn how to work with horses. I would get horses and stuff for sure. 
I would definitely need weapons, but I'd probably trade into that instead of go looting for them. I mean, I feel like my my people around me probably have enough weapons. I think you're, that, like, I think you're right that uh, most people maybe in your class would want to help people out and it would be medieval, but I think the poor people of America would just have a fucking uprising and just try to yeah, kill everyone. What I'm saying is, like, yeah, cities would go nuts. Cities would be gone. Cities, L.A. would explode that's what I'm saying. All, all the poor people would take over the cities. But, like, if you're somewhere oh. like me where you're kind of removed and everyone's, you know, like, middle class, it would, it would work be good. to be in New York or L.A. and the electricity goes out. It's just pitch black. Oh. And there's just there's millions no of people next to you. <laughs> you yeah. would die in seconds. Everyone becomes, dude, like rats, dude. It'd be it like would just fucking be fucking animal. Dude. It's animalistic, bro. It'd be like middle schoolers in the bathroom. Yeah. During the gym. Fuck you, just fucking turn the, the lights off you, and swing yeah. around. How the <laughs> How the fuck would you get out of it? Because boom, now you know you the can. trains aren't working, the boats aren't working. You got to do it by foot. You have to run out of New York. You better have some rollerblades. <laughs> you thought you had, you thought you had resources, but you don't. You don't have the resources. We have the resources. Out dude, rollerblades would be out there OP. Resources, dude. Rollerblades would be so nice in the apocalypse. Until you get like, until you get gangs of people pulling up on the farms. But that's the thing. It would go. It would. You're right. It would go full feudal. Like people would be like, okay, our farm is now like here everyone's gonna live within these walls and we'll, we'll farm build a, a giant kingdom. fort it'll yeah. literally be a kingdom we'd be like we gotta build a fort we'll put walls around the farm so we can protect our resources everyone mm-hmm. helps pitches in on the, and then when the fucking gangs roll in to fucking fight us from the cities like we gotta lock down the fort we get sieged Jones getting sieged <laughs> animals would be the most expensive thing yeah animals right? would be would there huge. be anything else a horse would be Gas- like got to be the most well, I guess expensive if, if thing. If cars and possible. stuff don't work, then yeah, gasoline doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I would cars say the don't most work. expensive the most expensive things would probably be like a horse. Well, that's kind of how things originally were, dude. Like in Roman times, like that's how you knew you were the next social class. There was like the plebeians and then there was the equestrian class and then there was the nobility and stuff, right? The equestrian mm-hmm. class was kind of like the in between, like the middle mm-hmm. class, right? And equestrians, the word they horses. The, yes, exactly. It yeah. comes from the word equus, which means horse. They could go really fast. If you could afford, if land. you could afford a horse, you'd be in that equestrian class. And then if they went to war, they called on the equestrian class to be like the auxiliary, which we now call it cavalry. But like when in times of war, everyone would be like called up to serve, and the plebeians would be handed like fucking. They'd be handed the normal like Roman kit. They'd become the foot soldiers. The equestrians would become knights with horses and shit. And the nobility wouldn't do jack shit except for maybe be generals and whatnot. But that used to be the only way. That's also that used to be the only way to move up in society, dude. Is like, you want to become someone important? Go on. You we're gonna have to go on raids, bro. You're you're gonna have <laughs> to a live horse. a military life. You have to get a horse. You have to go on raids and get good stuff so that you can get a horse and you can move up quickly. Like that's the real grind. It's an MMO. Being medieval, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an MMO for sure, dude. That would be so much more fun than fucking what we're doing. Some sales. I don't bullshit. think it'll be. I don't. Honestly, I don't think it would be fun at all. You know what's fun? That would be so fun. Playing imagine college finding, retro bowl imagine is fun. Genuinely <laughs> Watching Paul some Thomas loot. Anderson movies is fun. Being able that to call your fun. friends whenever you want is fun. Being able to sleep at night and not worry about being fucking raped or raided is pretty fun. <laughs> you know what's fun? Running water. <laughs> Clean water. Real life Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Imagine, so imagine, you wanna, imagine you want a fucking glass of water. Now you got to boil it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wait. Yeah, yeah that forget would about suck. ice. Forget about ice. That doesn't exist anymore. That's not a thing you're getting. 
Yo, you, you know what, dude? You want you want to become the rich folks when when it all goes down? I'll come up to you, dude, and we'll get a wagon and a bunch of sawdust, and we'll go chop chunks of ice and bring them down from the mountains and bring them Ooh, down to the town. Yes. <laughs> that would be so nice. <laughs> be the ice vendors, bro. <laughs> We'd be fucking heroes, dude. We would be heroes. <laughs> Imagine being the guys who bring ice to like downtown Tampa in the middle of the summer. You would be a goddamn hero. Oh my god, that would be awesome. <laughs> So wait, you use sawdust and you cover it with sawdust? Yeah, that's how they used to do it. Yeah. Damn. They would put them in covered wagons, like full wooden crate wagons, and they would coat, they'll get giant slabs of ice and just cover them in sawdust. It insulates them enough. Like, yes, the ice is going to melt as you go, but slow, especially a big, big chunk like that melts a lot slower. Damn. It's dangerous work, dude. It's dangerous work that would be an ice cutter. We got to be up in the cold with sharp tools, heavy ass blocks of ice. That could crush you. That's crazy. Then you got to come out of the mountains and move down. It probably gets, you know, peaceful as we move down. But and they just brought it down for drinks and shit. Dude. Like that's all they brought it down for. No, dude. So like towns, restaurants, uh, saloon stuff. They would have like ice boxes. So basically, mm-hmm. the whole like t- like different buildings would share like one big refrigerator, basically that could preserve food for a little bit. You would also be able to use it for drink stuff. And most things weren't like most things weren't ice. Like back in that time, you're getting warm beer, dude. Mm -hmm. You're getting warm pretty much everything. Unless you're like fucking wealthy enough to buy a glass of whiskey on the rocks, dude. And like that, (laughs) then you're a big shot. (laughs) Do you think there was a guy? We got got guns. You're right. We got guns. We're not going medieval, dude. We're going back to the Wild West. Do you think think there was a guy back in the Wild West times who had a his favorite joke would to be like, my beer's warm. And he'd be like, no, I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. He says sure. it every time. That would be, be, you know what? That would be fucking, you know who that guy would be? That would be Carter, dude. Carter would yeah. leave the city. He would survive. He'd come out and be like, dude, in New York, we had fucking ice boxes. And like, we whatever, had a cold beer. Warm. Whatever you want. Whenever you want, we got cold beer. <laughs> and be like, okay, sick, dude. Have you ever yeah. had moonshine? <laughs> I think Florida might be one of the worst places to be if we're going Why? back to those times. There's too many different kinds of people down there. There are too many different kinds of people. I was going to say like military, like strategically, like land wise, I think it's pretty great. But what are they? I mean, they just pretty much the, protected on all sides. You're what if that just becomes a police state? No one's invading. You know what I mean? Like what if that just becomes you just become on lockdown because they're like, all right. Florida on to- lockdown, dude. I would argue that the two states that have the most guns in this country are probably fucking Texas and Florida. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess. I don't know. I think the rule. I think the rules would change though. If there's no electricity, Congress didn't really think about that. The hmm, Constitution. Yeah, they didn't think about that with their electronic voting systems and their and their cellular. <laughs> That's phones, not what I'm saying. That's what I'm internet. saying. I'm saying they didn't expect for you know like what if everyone gets accustomed to this? Yeah, anyone everyone gets accustomed to this futuristic lifestyle. I'm just saying it's totally possible. I bet you they have kind of like a plan to like yeah, probably go police state until they could stabilize civilization. Yeah, dude, there's enough NPCs, dude. There's enough NPCs and followers that would be like, what? What does my governor want me to do right now? Bro, only while the real people, girls while, would be while people like you fucked. and I, while people you and I would wake up and like not be able to turn our lamp and be like, finally, <laughs> the playing field is evened. 
You know, I could, we could become oil barons, dude. Bring back, well, they'll bring back steam power. Steam power will work still. Oh, true. What true. if we go steampunk, bro? A little motor. <laughs> <laughs> we all just become hipsters. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm Gidget, and this is Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> that actually be kind of awesome. We're about to coil your springs, buddy. Yeah, I guess trains would work. All that shit. Yeah, steam power would work, dude. Oil would Dude, this sounds way better than what we have right now. I'm just going to say it. I know this is like digital age is awesome, but dude. Everyone who owned a Tesla, dude, we get to laugh at everyone who bought a Tesla. Like fucking idiot. That would be awesome. Trains would be massive, dude. Trains would be sick. Trains would be actually sick. trains are probably so techno- technologized now. They're so they're probably so techy now that it wouldn't work. You don't think there's still coal trains or steam engines? We could still make we could still make steam engines, dude. You and I could start a steam engine company. I don't know that shit. We could buy railroad lines. What dude. would you be? What, no, what's, you your, what's your what's you your apocalypse trade, dude? What's your you apocalypse trade? I want to be a blacksmith. I already said that. It'd be sick. Either that oh, really? or like a horse keeper, dude. Just for fun. People are gonna how do you, iron work. <laughs> How do you be a how do you be a blacksmith? What you you just heat up metal and bend it, dude. I guess, dude. Yeah, man. (laughs) Whatever the people need. Horseshoes, probably a lot of horseshoes. Yeah, hooves, armor, suits of armor, horseshoes. Yeah, pottery. Uh, When you said horseshoes, I was like, horses don't wear shoes. But then I had to think about. I'd make I would make trophies for the annual gladiator games because that would probably come back. Oh yeah, this sounds way better. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I'm, maybe I just don't like this. This. Uh, this era. I mean, I like. I like the stuff. I like the stuff that's going on. There would definitely be way more gruesome crime if we reverted back to that era. Yeah, murder rates would skyrocket. A lot more rape. You could get away no with GPS. everything. Yeah, there's no GPS or anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just imagine. Go murder. back to wild. You just gotta like think about what was the last time we didn't have all this shit. It would be like. The last time we didn't have electricity, we're talking like the Gilded Age, dude. We're talking like the Wild West, mm-hmm. and that's about it. That was like it. And then after that, dude, light bulbs got invented and buildings started getting wired, and people are like, you know what? Living in the desert sucks without air conditioning. Well, actually, air conditioning was invented in Florida. So, I'll be honest, bro. I think the move, if that does happen, you just got to join a monastery at that point. It's like. Bro, these guys. Yeah, who's gonna fuck they with barely, us, dude? They barely use electricity. The anyways. church, dude. The church did have a ton of power back in those days. Be cool. Mm-hmm. Becoming a bishop. Mm-hmm. Just Nobody having the state them. would the state would have to answer to you. Actually, I don't think that would work here because that's more of a European thing. That might be the they'd move. Be like, they'd be like, they'd probably kill all the monasteries and be like, "Where's your pope now, bitch?" Joining the monastery is like during the Wild West is like. It's like getting on base during manhunt or saying like timeout. During yeah, time. dude, you're safe. You're safe. Who's going to yeah. fuck with the guys in the monastery? It's like off limits. That's like these guys aren't hurting anybody. Oh, yeah. We were talking about uh, nostalgia, like funny nostalgia moments as a kid where you're listening to like just hard <laughs> rap. As, like, dude, a that was grader. so funny. I was thinking about this one. I was thinking about this one on the way back from uh, or like in like 7 a.m. on the on the school bus, just listening to Love Sosa by Chief Keef by herself. <laughs> you're like 10 years old. <laughs> 5 a.m. loading onto the bus for our D.C. trip. Listening to uh, 
uh, New York by Jay-Z. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or uh, what was the other one? The Show Goes On by fucking Lupe Bobby Fiasco. Shmurda. <laughs> Bobby Shmurda. I'm trying to remember what was those days. Uh, six Foot, Seven Foot. It's probably a big six one. Foot, seven foot. Teach Me How to Dougie. Teach me how to doggy, bro. I yeah, could doggy huge. back in the day, man. I was a dugger. You had to. You had to be able to doggy. Yeah, bro. dude. If you couldn't doggy, bro, that was that was a dance for the whites, dude. That was a good one for us because you didn't have to mm-hmm. use your legs, really. There was you didn't really have to teach anyone how to doggy. Everyone knew no, it. No, dude. Everyone was Baby a self-taught doggier. What? Can you teach me how to doggy? Yeah, dude. You just kind of figured it out. Mm-hmm. It you just you saw right. someone else do it, and you were like, "No, I can do okay. that. I can do that." Remember when dance moves were simple, like the whip and the nene? We were like, yeah, we can do that. Now they're choreographed. There's like sequences. There's yeah, the jerk was probably, yeah, the jerk was probably the, the first one that was like, whew, that was a little tough. Mm-hmm. But and everyone then, could do it. Everyone could and do then it. it got out of hand, dude. Can you gritty yet? I can't. I don't know if I can gritty. I can gritty. You saw me gritty down the mountain. Oh, that's true. You did gritty. I can gritty. <laughs> I can. So funny. <laughs> Like gritty Dude, it was about. actually so it was so much more smooth because the gravity was like helping you do it perfectly. Yeah, the gritty, the gritty gravity. Uh, you see that new one? The handicap. new one that's out, dude. The new thing is like that one that the makes sideways it floating. Skip. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. Dude, I think you have to be crazy. really strong. You have to be really strong to do that one. I don't know, dude. The other one just looks crazy. Because I think your back leg. I think it's just has an illusion. Kick up, so that you're kind of off the ground, and then you can like slide. I think you're just on your – I don't think it's really that bad. I mean you're just jumping on your tippy toes and the the illusion is the way you move your leg. That's the hard part is getting that illusion right. Yeah, and I think it helps to also be in cleats on grass. Do you think cleats help for that? Well, if you don't put a lot of weight on your cleat. I feel like cleats would make it harder. No, you'll slide across the grass if you're not putting any weight on the cleat. It won't sink into the grass. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I don't know. Like, if, if if a dance requires you to wear cleats, it's probably not a good dance <laughs> to be able to slide no, should, around, dude. We should, we should do a dance competition, but cleats are required. <laughs> Remember last <laughs> time I was in Atlanta and we did a moonwalk competition? <laughs> yeah, that's <was> pretty good. <laughs> that was Shit, fun, bro. What's else? What else is going on? I've been watching uh, Oliver Stone's. Uh, the untold history of the United States, some some title variation of that. Oliver Stone, the guy who did uh, JFK. Oh, okay. Um, so I texted you an ominous text. I was like, Henry Wallace. Have you heard about Henry Wallace? Yeah, you're, you said, you're, no. you did not say, did, you didn't even say have you heard of Henry. You just said like they tried to silence him or something. That's what you sent me out of the blue. They're like, they couldn't keep him quiet. Like <laughs> just out of the blue. <laughs> they tried with to no context. Him. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about, dude? I thought you were talking about yourself, dude. I thought, like, you said something in the group chat that you were you became right about, and you were, like, about to brag to me. No, no. That's what I so, thought you were doing. So it, it's a large part of the second episode. The, the second episode of the series is about uh, Truman, Eisenhower, and Wallace. And so Henry Wallace was the vice president of um, – for – Eisenhower during his first term. Um, and then when they got into World War II, that he was largely the popular candidate to be uh elected as the vice president again. 
Because I don't think back then they weren't on the same ticket, right? You had to vote for the vice president as well. Is that correct? World War II era? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. World War II, mm-hmm. we were past the point of like the vice president just being the presidential runner-up, which was a highly problematic thing to do in the first place. Actually, yeah. kind of cool. Kind of works out. Kind of like a buff, you know? Kind of cool, but very tempting to just assassinate the president if you lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does make assassination way more appealing. Yeah. Just be like, oh, fuck, we lost. What do we do now? Fucking kill the president. Our guy wins. Let's get him to ride in a convertible. And Yeah, uh, we call that the brass vote. The lead vote. In Fort Worth. Isn't that where he was killed? Fort Worth, Texas? The uh, Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah, and it is yeah. Lincoln, mm-hmm. and which is made by Ford, and Lincoln was killed in the Ford Theater. Damn. Uh, anyways, Henry Wallace, uh, he was the president or no, the vice president for the first term, and dude Eisenhower, such a good president. He was so awesome. He was just he a was, badass dude. He was there in the Depression. He was there for World War Two. He's just he a was good after leader. That. He was around for all that, but he was after that. Okay, true. He was a general was, in World War II. Yeah, he was just, I mean, who knows what he actually did for the country, but to just to be in that position during that time. Yeah, dude. Massive. I mean, what else are you going to do? Imagine being like a five-star general during World War II and then the 50s roll around and political elections roll up. And you're like, I might be one of the most popular people on the planet. I saved, I helped save the world. I was yeah. one of the guys who saved the world. So he ended up doing four terms, right? Eisenhower. Uh, no, you're thinking of four terms is uh, Roosevelt. Am I thinking of Roosevelt? Yeah, I'm thinking of Roosevelt. Roosevelt. I'm not thinking of Eisenhower. Through the, My bad. Roosevelt, Roosevelt was through Depression, World War II. Then he died and Truman took over at the end of World War II. That's, then it was who, that's what I meant, not Eisenhower. I'm thinking of Roosevelt. Eisenhower wasn't good. He was not a good guy. It was Eisenhower and then Nixon, then Johnson, then yeah, no Nixon, no Eisenhower, then am I it wrong? Doesn't matter. Kennedy, no, yeah, Nixon, Kennedy, Johnson. Dude, who cares? Reagan? Carter, no Carter's, no Carter's in the Carter's in there somewhere. All right, dude, don't worry about it. Who cares? No, whatever. Sorry, dude, I'm tripping out on this. Yeah, Your tism spiked. My <laughs> tism is spiked. But you didn't know it. You have a different kind of tism. Uh, yeah, I do have a differentism. I have historicism. Anyways, all I'm trying to say is like Henry Wallace was super progressive and so was FDR. FDR was also pretty progressive, but not as progressive as Henry Wallace. But it, basically Henry Wallace. FDR was super progressive. Uh, he was. Fiscal. Henry, Henry Wallace. Not in a good way. Not a, not a racist bone in his body and not a sexist bone in his body. And he was just like. He was basically just like after World War Two, this we need to there needs to be a people's revolution. And I know what you said. You said that sounds like communism, but that wasn't that what he was talking about. Shit. That wasn't what he was talking about. But he was just like after this, the whole world's gonna reset. Because this is like a super crazy time. So the people need to capitalize on this when this ends. Basically, we need to barter for more for the everyday man to have more power because he's at the top and he's like, everyone's just, there's a war going on and no one can do anything about it except for a couple people at the top have the say so. And he's like, I feel like everyone 
there's so many of us, everyone should have a say-so. That's kind of what he was on. Mm. And I kind of agree with that because um, it's, so there's a, there's a scientific, I guess you'll call it fact, I guess. But basically if you get a group of people to guess how many jelly beans are in a jar, this is a super basic example. You know, you'd guess how many jelly beans are in the jar. You take the average of their guesses and it's pretty take, spot on. You take the average of their guesses and it's going to be closer than any one of their guesses to the yeah. actual amount of jelly beans. So that makes me think like, Except what if the guy everyone did have a say so and we took the average of every decision and then that would be the most right. There's no way to make an average of a, of a thought though. Yeah, but like if there's a decision to like do something or not do something. What's yeah, what's the average of should we abort or not abort babies? <laughs> what's, C-section. Yeah. Dude, what's the average of what's the middle? What's the average of do we go to war or do we not go to war? We go a little uh, war? No, I'm saying we do, we do a little war. I'm saying the people vote do we go to war, do we not go to war? Whichever side Proxy has more war. votes, then we go oh, with that democracy. One. No, but see, we're doing you, that. But see, the people who are deciding <laughs> doing democracy, there is, there's only a few. And so that's how it can be corrupt. If everyone had a vote, then the, then the company. You want pure democracy. You want mob rule is what you're talking about. I'm okay with the lo- republic a for one reason. Actually, think about this. It's a lawtocracy where basically there's a lottery, the law rules. A, lot like ju- a lot like jury duty. You get come in. You come in to vote on something instead of being jury duty. Oh, so, so then, there's no elected officials technically. There's no elected officials, and well, you can't other than get the people bought. who have to run the lottery, right? Mm-hmm. That won't ever get corrupted. That would never happen. They would but never. Then, then everyone people. would just get money. No, they can't. No, 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 no. I guess they. I guess maybe they could, but if put on the blockchain, put the uh, the lottery in the blockchain. But I still won the Wild West, basically, is what I'm saying. If you get picked for the lottery for a year, you don't have to work at all. That should be the rule. That'd be nice. And then the next year you get to go and then the next year you get to go undercover it's on vacation anywhere in the world you want so that people can't come kill you. Yeah. Anyways. FDR, good guy. So then they so then basically, you know, they they have Henry Wallace running for vice president. He's like the resounding favorite because everyone loves him because he like Talks about the people. Truman comes in. He doesn't know shit. Dude, he doesn't even... He's barely a politician. And they put him up for the uh, for the job against Henry Wallace to be the vice president. And he gets it because they... It, I mean, it strongly suggests... The documentary strongly suggests that they just totally overthrew the ballots and rigged the vote because everyone loved Henry Wallace and Truman, who wasn't even really a politician that no one even knew about, just got all the votes, like way more. So that's an interesting thing to look into. And then um, he ends up winning the president. And also something that's funny is that we come from FDR, who's like one of the greatest presidents of all time. And then (laughs) Oliver Stone started talking about Truman and he's like, 
He would always say the N-word in passing. It was very blasé. <laughs> just saying the hard R like all the time. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Different time. It was like a, was like a crazy 40s, transition. Because FDR was super progressive and then this guy's just like, he sounds so dumb too. He goes into a meeting with uh, with Stalin and... um basically telling telling him how you know he's going to drop we're going to drop the bomb on J- on uh Japan and uh he said he got really aggressive with Stalin like he tried to like Truman big dog did? him yeah he said he tried to like big dog him good but i think he was i think he also felt that way cuz he's like we have the most powerful weapon in the world i'm the most powerful man in the world he probably got a power trip <laughs> oh for sure dude and people forget like yes like the russians were our allies but we did not fuck with that commie shit yeah yeah i we thought knew that was they were going to be a interesting problem. that the, the the russians killed star ended up starving like 27 million of their own people and we made allies with them I mean, it was yeah, Nazis. common enemy. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, and Churchill was sick. Churchill's the goat. He's Churchill so cool. was goaded. Churchill's so sick cool. As fuck, he's so cool. There was a funny uh, bit actually about uh, how one of their first meetings, FDR and Stalin and Churchill, they couldn't get Stalin to like really open up. He was like being very cold and wouldn't like share a lot of stuff. So FDR just started roasting Churchill's like British (laughs) ways. It's being like your bitch ass sounds so fucking weird. And Stalin just thought it was (laughs) to make Stalin laugh and shit. (laughs) And so then Stalin was nice for the rest of the like meetings. (laughs) Dude, yeah, I would say it it low key does kind of suck that the that the Russians and us don't get along because I feel like Russians and Americans would be very similar. Dude, the Russians are awesome. They're pretty. The Russians are awesome. They're hardcore. They went through uh, the first episode. Go, it, it basically sums up the entire battle between the Nazis and the USSR. And it's like, oh my god, like, dude, the oh, Russians, Stalingrad, went and all that hell. shit. They went through hell. Yeah, dude. And they they were talking the about Nazis how like hell. they all, dude, they, they just eat. threw bodies at the problem. That's the thing about that's the thing about Russia, dude. They just throw bodies at the problem. They didn't care about making their technology better. They're like, how many people died? That didn't work. Mm, double it. Send more. Fuck it. They'll get overrun eventually. Some places were so fucking poor for, like, materials because it's cold. Nothing grows. There's no money. There's yeah. no government help. People were surviving off of seeds that they would find under snow on the ground. And then as a treat, they would boil their clothes and drink the cotton water for just flavor. <laughs> it's fucking, like, the most poverty Ever. That's so sad. That's like the worst thing I've ever heard. And then, um, did you get your mother? It's my birthday. Can I get an extra helping of cotton water? <laughs> it's your own clothes that you're cleaning, and then oh you would just boil God. it again to like have the flavor. Um, and then they were talking about how like one of the final pushes to like they were on like the Russia was on their last leg. And they needed some more money and arms and manufacture or whatever. People, millions of Russians gave up like their family heirlooms to like be melted down and like sold and just give it, gave it to Russia. And like that was their last attempt. I'm sure it was very, I'm sure it was willingly too. What do you mean? Oh, you think they just stole their, (laughs) they just stole their gold teeth? (laughs) 
<laughs> Probably, bro. Well, but you also have to think, like, if they're basically saying if you don't give this, like, if you don't just give us what you have, like, you're going to die. Like, we need it. Like, yeah, you one way or another, eating? you're going to die because we're going to kill you and take it or you're going <laughs> to give it to us. Because if you came up to me and told me, hey, man, can I have your gold teeth for the sake of this country because we need the money? I'd be like, dude, if you're coming this far to get my gold teeth, <laughs> the shit's done. Like, we're, like this is like the lowest of the low, bro. Like, if you're digging teeth out of my mouth for money, then this is gone to shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. You went through all the shit. records to find out Brady Jones has a gold tooth. We could use that. Yeah. <laughs> Talking pennies on the dollar, man. That's like five bucks maybe worth of gold. You think my gold tooth is going to stop Hitler? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you need it. No, dude. What I love is the Americans did recognize that the Russians went through hell and that they like successfully like conquered the Eastern Front. We joined so late though. We joined so late. We kind of fucked over the Russians a little (laughs) bit. We joined. Dude, so well, they late. weren't like our friend. They weren't part of our friend group until too late. They they held out their own. But you know what we did to kind of make up for it, dude? Hmm. When we got to the gates of Berlin, we didn't go in first. We let them go in first. We let them have their way with Germany for letting let them like do what they needed to do after all that Germany had put them through before we went in there. Yeah. We we stayed outside of Berlin, let the Russians rape it and destroy it first before we got in there. Yeah, the documentary didn't really make us look that good about just joining World War II super late when, like, the USSR was just getting genocided. Yeah, dude. But, well, we didn't we didn't want to be a part of it. Bro, it's, it was so, it would be so unpopular. You know how hard it is to get Americans? Like, think about now. You know how, how hard it is to, like, we are a very nationalistic country, one, two, and we're a very, like, isolated country like individualistic like we don't we don't give a fuck about anyone like even from the start of this whole thing right the start of this whole thing is we want to be our own thing and then immediately afterwards the french were like hey you know how you helped us with uh your revolution now we need help with ours and we were like fuck you (laughs) like we're staying out of that (laughs) like we just got our own shit and now we're not european so fuck off and so like that's the american way forever until like World War One. it took so much to convince us to join that. We're like, fine, we'll give you, like, guns and shit, but we don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. But once we showed up, dude, that was, like, imagine how, like, demoralizing that was for Germany once the Americans showed up in droves, like, hundreds of thousands of, like, fresh soldiers who hadn't seen war yet, who were just ready to kill. You'd be like, oh, fuck, like, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, there's no This can't be win. good. Yeah, this yeah. can't be good. We're the worst is, like... We could have done it. We could have done so many things differently too. Like would have made it easier. Like D Day was kind of a disaster, but D Day could have been like an easy victory. Mm-hmm. We didn't trust radar. We didn't trust radar. So like when the bombs went to initially bomb the beach, which is like how you do things, right? You bomb it, then you land, right? Well, they didn't trust radars. They're like, you know, wait a little bit before you drop the bombs. We don't know how accurate it is. So we dropped all the bombs behind where all the artillery lines were. So when they showed mm-hmm. up to the beach basically nothing was destroyed we're like well fuck it we have to take this beach like it's too late now <laughs> like we have to we just threw bodies at it the do- the, do- the docuseries also made an interesting case that japan was so weak that they were already going to drop out of the war or they were already basically going to surrender but we wanted to drop the bomb anyways because it set us up in talks with everyone else like 
as a display. Hey, like, yeah, we, we have we this. Are, we, we run the world. Yeah, we're we now are. number one. Yeah, and we just chose we chose Japan because they were still at war, even though it was leaning towards they were about to surrender because they were so. So are weak. you saying are you saying that the whole storyline that millions of people would have died if we didn't drop them isn't true? Hmm? So he said again. The the what I what my understanding is is if we actually invaded Japan, like millions of American soldiers would die. That's not even counting the casualty, the civilian and. Uh, soldier casualties of Japan. Like millions of more people would have died if we had had a land invasion. We, no, not that we were going to invade, but that they were going to surrender and just like say, you know. Japan J- Japan was not going to surrender. Who's saying this? The docuseries is making a case for it. But yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a factual. Because at the same time, they convinced all their people that like the leader of their, of their country was a god. So like who's he was stop? a god. Who's and gonna so stop when, for God? When, when the Americans were knocking on the doorstep of like the main island of Japan, dude, like the civilians were starting to train to fight. Like they were not gonna surrender. Mm-hmm. They were teaching kids how to use fucking punji sticks and shit. Yeah. Like how to get up and fight with no matter what, what you, you have. Those guys were not going down. So we decided to drop the sun on a couple civilian locations. Like, all right, all right, we'll stop. <laughs> All right, we're done. That's crazy. Yeah, it's whatever. We didn't know what it was going to do, kind of. <laughs> we only tested it three times. Yeah, we're like a big boom, <laughs> that's it. They knew about the radiation everything, dude. They just wanted to fucking, you're right. I mean, yeah, of course it was all about positioning and power. That's why I argue, and I'm so surprised. Like, I feel like we really have to do it swept twice? under the rug. Do we really have to be like, let's fucking hit him again. We they got didn't another stop one. After the, they didn't stop after the first one. Well, it was more of a show that like, we will continue to do this until you stop. Because they didn't they, start talking yeah. about starting it. They're like, well, that was bad. But, you know, we're going to keep trying. And, then we're like, and they're like, okay, wow, damn. Y'all can just do this. Y'all <laughs> really you want. Really built yeah. like this. That's not even to mention the other, you know what? That kind of overshadowed the other atrocities we did on Japan, like firebombing Tokyo. Mm-hmm. We burned fucking Tokyo to the ground. That's mm-hmm. not a good way to go either. That's a bunch of civilians. Yeah, they really got it. Yeah, bro. We really smacked it, the weird they gave it gay to our, children into them. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cool ass fucking cartoons and shit. Yeah, you know, you know, like they were conquered. Like you know, they you beat the fuck out of a country when they completely one eighty and try to be you. They're like, okay, what? Obviously, whatever we were doing wasn't working. <laughs> whatever <laughs> you guys are doing, yeah, <laughs> they westernized so fast <laughs> and then passed us up. Yeah, they love video games and cartoons over there so much. Yeah, dude, Japan's probably the sickest place to be, other than probably like China and Korea. Being at your doorstep, uh, you got so much sick shit in Japan. Yeah. Well, I think we should call this an episode. I mean, yeah, man, this is fun. We got into history. We got into God. Got into movies. Got into silly bits. And you brushed over my bit, which I thought it was going to be really sorry. Funny. Sorry about about us finding aliens and asking them about their spirituality. And like, nope, you guys got it. You guys got it right. It was Jesus. Like he is. The I feel one like we God. talked about that before, actually. No, but like Earth Jesus, like they don't have their own Jesus. Like all aliens oh. believe in Earth Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Like you guys are the chosen ones. No, there's no way. 
Why not? Maybe we are. Yeah, why couldn't we be? I don't know. I want to meet one of those motherfuckers, one of those aliens. Yeah, they got to get their asses down here, bro. I think we're ready. <laughs> you think so? Dude, it would put a stop to all this bullshit. Are you kidding me? You really think Hamas would still give a fuck about Israel if they were like aliens came down there? Be like, well, fuck. I guess we were wrong. I guess just everyone give, was wrong. They'll just be like, just in. give Hamas bars. Like, there's so many <laughs> other planets. We don't give a shit. Yeah, they come. Yeah, they come down. They're like, look, dude, fucking Russia can go conquer an entire <laughs> planet if they want. Like, you guys are just so such a mess down here. That'd be so awesome. Actually, that would solve everything if we just yeah. segregated. <laughs> Everyone just got their own planets. We really went Mormon on this one. <laughs> Wait, is that what they believe in? Yeah, you get your own planet after you die. That's not Mormonism. Yeah, it is. What? Mormons believe you get your own planet when you die? Yeah. You and your family just could go hang out. What if you get a shitty planet, bro? Yeah, you like, really look, through your, you look through your telescope. You look through your telescope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a frozen wasteland. The atmosphere what am I is supposed just to do with this? <laughs> gaseous sulfur and it rains it rains liquid diamonds. And then you look through a telescope and you see me on what might as well be like Earth, but better. And you got the 72 version. Water tastes like water tastes like Coca-Cola. Oh God. Clouds are made of clouds are made of cotton candy. <laughs> and I just got fart planet over here. You got fart. <laughs> got the short right, end y'all. of the fucking stick. All right, guys. This Man, was much. Uh, this was much better than my solo episode. I'll have to say. Yeah, dude. I think I think Brady. I might might need you. Yeah, we might need to do another one this week, and then replace another yours. one this week. I don't know about this week. Maybe this weekend. I don't know. Oh, I got the Bengals game Thursday. I was going to hang out with a friend tomorrow. It's rough, having, it's rough having this every Oh, you know what? We're going to have a ton of time on like Thanksgiving. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm staying here. Oh, you're not coming back to Florida? No. You and am I going to have sad little Thanksgiving? Yeah, my parents are coming this weekend though, so I want to see them still. Let's say if you guys don't want to go, if you guys, if it's all about how far you drive, dude, Jacksonville is only like four or five hours away. You're welcome to come be with my family. Nah, that's fine. I only have one day Just off. Just putting it on the table. I only have things. You haven't really, you haven't really met, you haven't really met my family, which is crazy. I met your parents. Yeah, but like you haven't like hung out with us. Your mom called me cute. Said what the fuck really you cute. say? <laughs> Bet you your did. mom thinks I'm cute. Did your mom called me cute. I've never heard. Your of dad you. got jealous. I saw it on his face. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> I love those people. Go tell your parents you love them, dude, and, and yeah. have them. Don't let them tell your friends they're cute. That's weird. Not really, but <laughs> dude, your mom said it, not me. You're you are cute. <laughs> I'm going to deny my mother. She says that she must be true. My mom's never lied. You think? But no, my mom's definitely lied, bro. Do you remember one? Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth true. Fairy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Checks out. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I'm going to go right. get some food and play Assassin's Creed. Love you guys. Guys, RetroVote Call has just dropped. Yes, RetroBall College. It's actually the shit. Oh, Download fuck you, RetroBall College. We're not sponsored, minutes. but RetroBall College. No, but we would love to be RetroBall College. We would fucking sell the fuck out of here. We would love to be sponsored. RetroBall College. Hey, RetroBall College. All right, bye. I'm going to say it one more time just for the algorithm. RetroBall College.
Retrobo College. Hopefully they'll find that in their uh, search engine optimization. Retrobo College. All right, see you.